Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. Why do we love music so much? Part of the reason is a personal connection. When Daniel Terry was in the process of launching his new podcast, DFT's Dungeon, and was sharing ideas with me, he said, a lot of these albums are tied to my personal history. And I said, that's because music is memory. There are songs and albums that tie directly into my life. Music has been and is therapeutic for me. That's not to take away from professional therapy at all. I have a therapist. (laughs) But a lot of times, music will connect dots for me in ways other things can't. Which brings me to Dayseeker's new record, Dark Sun. I had listened to the record a few times before I interviewed Rory, and when the album officially dropped this past Friday, I spun it a few times during the day. I had the press release and interviewed Rory and talked about the themes of the album. But the pop sensibilities on the album and the catchy hooks drew me in more than diving into the lyrical content. Rory and me have a connection. We both lost our dads, and Dark Sun deals with that loss. So on Friday, I hopped into the car to go get cough drops and cold medicine for my wife, and since I was listening to Dark Sun around the house, that album popped up in the car and I let it play. And while driving, the track Parallel came on. And for the first time, the lyrics really hit me. Rory sings, I guess heaven really needed you to leave us in that vacant room. And in the parking lot of CVS, in my car, I wept. I guess heaven really needed you to leave us in that vacant room. A different you that's doing well. A And the feelings of loss and grief hit me fresh again, and in an instant parallel imprinted itself in my soul and became a part of my life soundtrack. And that's why music is so important to me. Today we welcome Rory Rodriguez from Dayseeker to the podcast. Dayseeker's incredible new album, Dark Sun, was released last Friday on Spine Farm Records. Dayseeker's a band ready to explode and be the next big thing in music. Rory and I talk about the musical evolution the ups and downs of growing up, loss, fatherhood, and more. This was one of those joyful conversations that make me love doing this podcast, so I hope you enjoyed this week's chat with Rory Rodriguez from Dayseeker. Good man, it's uh, just starting for me, but it's uh, a little a little day off from my dad duty, so uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the 
I guess just some peace and quiet a little bit, but yeah, it's good. How are yeah. you? I'm pretty good. My my son is homesick from school today, so but he just like um, fell asleep on the couch, and I was like, I'm just gonna leave him there. <laughs> hello, Dad. Huh? How, how yeah. Your son? Uh, he's five. Yeah, five. And then my daughter's eight. So <laughs> crazy, crazy man. It's uh, yeah, I'm going through it right now for sure, man. It's, yeah. Uh, she's coming right up on two and it's just uh, like holy shit this is a very this is a very different uh kid than i was raising <laughs> that's that's right the thick of it <laughs> yeah man yeah. oh man uh well yeah thanks for taking the time to chat i appreciate it yeah no worries man. I, I listened to the new record uh yesterday and um it's fucking great uh, <laughs> Dude, thanks man I like i've been a fan of of your stuff for a while but like yeah this record just hits differently um it's the evolution in sound like you can just hear it when you listen to the whole discography it's it's nice and uh this is like a good culmination of, of what you guys were building towards on the last record i feel like dude thanks man that's funny i was uh i was just with our our producer uh dan bronstein uh yesterday and we were uh kind of like building our set for our, our upcoming tour with bad omens and then um we were just talking about like other bands that he's working with and um just like how like we were lucky enough to work with dan and i feel like he really helped us kind of like target a sound that we mm -hmm. wanted but he also like it's it's funny you said that because he like specifically was he said something like what was really exciting for him as a producer is like helping bands like reinvent themselves and like hearing like their evolution in a song mm -hmm. like he's like i think that's like what i think that's like why we found success recently over the last couple of years and i think it was like the same thing for like for like uh like he works with a spirit box too i feel yeah, like yeah. it was kind of the same thing for them where like he i don't know man he's just great to work with and i feel like he he always just kind of helps you like step out of your comfort zone a little bit even even things where you're like man i don't know like i think kids kids might not like this like it's a little it's too different from the old stuff but i feel i feel lucky that we've had him in our corner but but thanks man i'm i'm really happy that you like it it's uh scary putting out an album <laughs> yeah yeah especially when you evolve your sound and change and it's just like people can be so like protective of what they love that they're just like they hate anything new <laughs> pretty much i mean yeah it's i mean we're lucky like yeah i mean in the past it was like we were like more like metal Mm -hmm. we were like post hardcore and we were like really scared to to change that because we were we just we thought like everybody was just when we were putting out sleep talk we thought everybody were gonna call us like sellouts and and uh and not not really enjoy the fact that we, we tried to sing more and then it was funny that the reception it was so much the opposite there, there mm -hmm. was like there's like five people every you know on like sleep talk and i can tell what the new stuff too or like i miss the breakdowns but then there's like thousands of other people who are like this is great like or you should have been doing this a long time ago so so we we take the good with the bad but thank thankfully it's it's a lot more uh it's a lot more good uh than bad comments yeah. yeah yeah and i think it stands out more on its own as a sound that is like day seeker as opposed to like yeah like the the old records are good but like there's a hundred bands that sound like that. <laughs> oh, hundred, hundred percent. I don't think we were like, I don't know. I think it was just like what you did at the time, you know, it was like, Oh, like we'll, we'll write 
we'll write breakdowns and riffs and scream and then i it's just yeah i think our the record before sleep talk I, it was called uh dreaming is sinking waking is rising and i i remember being in the middle of that record um and just kind of like and i feel like it maybe even came through sometimes on that record like i just felt really like uninspired because we were just trying to write like riffy metal music and i was like i like i don't I don't listen to this like, every <laughs> time. Like, so how could I expect to like, to write something like really unique or original in that genre? And I think some people, I just think it's so much harder to write like original, uh, like heavy metal these days. Yeah. Like, you really got to do something different. So, and I think, I think we're better at, at just being like a, a rock band anyway. So, yeah. so it seemed to work out for us. Yeah. That's cool. Well, let's go back. What was growing up like for you? Um, you mean just like in my personal life? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was not great. Uh, <laughs> some of the time, uh, it was, uh, yeah, my parents got divorced, I guess when I was like, I think like six or seven years old. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was mainly rooted in the fact that my mom had a, uh, not, yeah, she had a bad addiction to, uh, mm -hmm. methamphetamine and it just kind of like kind of like permanently like she she didn't do it for very long but it, it's like she did it enough to where it like permanently kind of like altered her perception of like reality and mm. she, i was just kind of just like things i saw as a kid where i was like oh i think that's normal and then i started like hanging out with my my friends moms in like junior high and high school i was like like <laughs> i i like got i think i got the shorthand of a stick here with my mom because i was like oh like this mom is so she's so like nurturing and kind and cool and then my mom was just kind of like you know talking about the government is out to get her and i'm then accusing like me and my siblings of you know like being involved with the government and just uh just kind of a yeah like a, a very uh a very strange thing to grow up in um and then uh I mean, thankfully, yeah, my dad was like kind of more of a stern, quiet, like kind of father figure. I wouldn't say he was like super emotionally available, but he at least like he was he was very like present in the sense that he was there, like kind of when I needed him. So I, I at least had like the one good parent growing up. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, I just kind of uh I don't know, tried like sports and other things when I was a kid. And I just like really didn't. I just always felt like really awkward doing that stuff like mm. i would try and it was like fun uh but it was like it's like um like our our original drummer mike he's he's like the kind of person where like i could see him doing he does like any sport or any like physical activity and he excels at it and i'm not that guy and then i but then i feel like i started like i picked up a guitar when i was like 14 or 15 and then i i like just really wanted to try playing it and i feel like even just a few months into it, I was like, I like, I'm not like the, I'm not the best guitar player on the planet or, or the, like the best musician by any means, but it felt like I just, I was like, I feel like I have a natural knack for this. Or like, I, I understand this better than like anything else I have in my life. So, um, yeah, I just started playing guitar in high school. I uh, started trying to sing. Uh, I'm sure it was like not great back then. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a, you know, it's been a long journey trying to just figure out, um, how to sing and like find your voice. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it did like a talent show in high school. It was like my first time 
singing in front of people. And then, um, I don't know, man, I, I just did like solo acoustic stuff for a really long time. Cause I just, like couldn't really find people in high school that wanted to play like, like screamo, you know, or like yeah. scary, scary kind of music. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a really horrible local band that I was in, uh, when I was like 18 to 20 and then, um, just kind of sifted through different projects, um, like over the years until like we ended up forming Dayseeker, I think like 10 years ago when I was like 23. And yeah. then, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, the rest is just history. I mean, most of my life has just been involved in uh, music and the music scene. And I'm, but I'm, I'm really grateful for it. Cause I feel like it's a, I don't know. There's no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a, like a, a more simple life, but I feel like I just had a lot of friends who like, they just like, they went to high school, they went to college, they got married. Right. Now we're just paying a mortgage and just kind of working their nine to five. And I'm, I'm sure like, I mean, that will probably happen to me at some point, but I'm like right. grateful that I, I get to like, like recently anyways, like I, I get to make a living off of just playing music and, and just, it's, uh, it's cool, man. I feel, I feel yeah. really lucky a lot of the time. Uh. Yeah. And that's that's like a hard earned thing to be like this is my job now and I, this is how i could support myself for my family like yeah it, it didn't yeah it was not like that for a long time it was only only uh last november i decided to like um i quit my job that i was working i was like i don't think like i was like i don't think like i need like you know because it used to be like desperation for money mm. you, you would come home from tour like i remember the the very the very first tour we did i think it was like four weeks in the u.s i mean we played for like 40 people a night you paid like 100 bucks a night it was, <laughs> we were still just having like so much fun because we, we had right. never, we had never been to like i had only been to like oregon arizona and like washington just the states like surrounding california so getting to see like most of the u.s like for the first time was cool but i think we've i think we finished like a four-week tour and we each made i think like 200 dollars um a person like it was like and i like our management was like that's great like you didn't lose money and i'm like yeah kind of but like you know so it was always yeah, for a long time it was a big struggle of like i have to work a normal mm -hmm. job when i get home to offset all the money that i was not making um like mm -hmm. trying to tour and make a living off music but it's uh i mean yeah only took like 10 years but uh <laughs> here we are you know <laughs> uh yeah how did uh, dayseeker come together yeah um i i was in a local band uh out of orange county called uh arms like yours and then uh there was this other band based out of los angeles called southern lights and we got booked to do um what was referred to as like a weekend warrior with them where it was just basically like it's like you'd play like san diego orange county i mean you'd go to like phoenix and arizona um maybe like vegas nevada you'd play like four shows on a weekend and it was like a little it was like a little taste of touring but uh we um yeah, we played some shows with these guys in Southern Lights and just hit it off like really well as friends um, and stayed in contact. And then they ended up, I could t kind of tell with the band I was in, like we we put on an EP that did really well in the local scene. And then we did another one where we tried to be more like Oceana or Thricey. And I could tell that like we kind of like, like lost some people like i i thought it was cool at the time but i think we lost people because it, it wasn't just like generic like 
shitty music. <laughs> but anyways, I could tell that our band was kind of dipping a little bit in popularity and they seemed to be thriving. And so they had a few spots open up in their band and they offered me and another guy, um, our original lead guitar player to, uh, to join Southern Lights. We were in Southern Lights for a minute and they, they actually had a different singer. So I was just screaming at the time. And, um, it's interesting because I was actually, <clears throat> I was probably going to leave the band to form Dayseeker because I was just like, I don't like screaming that much. And I feel like I have a lot to offer vocally. And I feel like I'm being kind of like underutilized in this mm. project. But then uh, the singer of uh, Southern Lights, um, shortly after we had joined, ended up confessing that like he didn't really want to do music anymore. So it was funny actually because some of the guys they like they had built the name southern lights and they wanted to keep it and then just have me step in as the like full-time singer and i i was just kind of like i don't i don't want to like i don't want to like take on somebody else's identity or, or you know just do mm -hmm. it because in that other band arms like yours I, I had done that where i i replaced a guy and then i just had to deal with people going like the old singer was better it's <laughs> like constant comparison and i yeah so yeah, we ended up, um, it was just basically both of our bands died and then we came together and formed, um, day seeker. So yeah. Nice. Where'd the name come from? Um, yeah, I wish it meant something. It really, it really <laughs> doesn't. We, uh, we had written like half of our first album and, uh, we just like really needed a name and we could not think of anything. And we had, a we had a whiteboard in our rehearsal space um and we were just kind of losing our minds so at some point we just started writing down different album names <laughs> or song titles that we thought were cool and we just started kind of like mixing and matching so it's actually it's really funny because uh <clears throat> i think uh i don't know why day was on there it might have been because of like daybreaker by architects or something but then we it's funny now because now our, our uh he's like our, our touring drummer right now his name's zach he's from oh sleeper they had a song um called end seekers and that was somewhere on the whiteboard and we were just kind of throwing words together like blank seeker blah 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 and then i think day seeker went there and it was just like the one that we all um hated the least I yeah so it was just kind of like honestly nobody was like "Ooh, like that's like i hear band names sometimes like i remember like glass cloud mm -hmm. i thought it was like a sick band name it's just you hear those names it's like wow like i wish i thought of that that wasn't what day seeker was <laughs> it was like uh it's fine i guess and then it's just it is what it is now it's like i you start to realize i mean there's bands like foo fighters or goo goo dolls <laughs> like it right. doesn't matter it's like i think people it's like yeah they attach like how cool your name is with like how good the music is I think, right the day. so it's it is what it is you know right it's like metallica is like a whatever band name when you really <laughs> think about it but they're the fucking yeah. biggest metal band in the world so yeah no kidding yeah yeah how'd you guys uh, end up on in vogue um we had a man i don't remember how but we we got approached by a guy um uh, to manage us a long time ago. And then he, uh, he was, I guess, friends with Nick Moore who owned, uh, Invoke records. And so at the time it was like, it was like getting signed was like, you know, like a big deal or it, it felt like it at the time. So yeah. he was able to get a, a contract offered to us, which is, uh, I mean, it's funny cause it's, 
I mean, so it's no disrespect to Invoke. It's an indie label, but I mean, man, think if you like when you don't have a lot of uh, like bargaining power in a situation like that. I mean, like your budget. I think our budget for our first record was like twenty five hundred dollars, which is like <laughs> which is like nothing to ask somebody to record like ten songs on a record for you. But um, yeah, we just uh, we met him through uh, management, and uh, he's he's a good dude, though, man. You gotta gotta respect your your humble beginnings you know yeah yeah and then what led you guys to spine farm um yeah they were um yeah he's our a and r now darren um super nice guy he uh i don't know he just he was a fan of the band and i feel like he saw a lot of potential in us and so they were actually they were kind enough to where they uh they actually bought us out of our we were supposed to do our third we were supposed to do three records with Invogue and we had done two and they offered to buy us out of our contract with Invogue. Um, so we, it was like our, what should have been our third record with Invogue ended up being our first record with, um, with uh, Spine Farm. So, which was, that was a dreaming is sinking record, yeah. but it was, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we got lucky and we've had a good, I think it took a minute to kind of take, I think sleep talk was kind of when we noticed things like, like it kind of took a turn for the better for our band but um yeah i feel like spine farm is is a big part of that for sure nice yeah you guys released sleep talk uh september of 2019 so you got the record out before the pandemic but i imagine you guys have big 2020 plans that got uh fucked up right <laughs> yeah we were just starting like we put that record out and then we were just kind of like oh like these live shows are uh like they're different now like they're yeah. very like in a good way and so yeah it was pretty uh it was pretty sad to <laughs> to have that taken away but it also i feel like i feel like it allowed like our record to kind of like marinate a little bit in the scene mm -hmm. sort of like i feel like by the time we came back like post pandemic it was like even better than it was nah. before so we were kind of like i mean <clears throat> like horrible not not to be able to tour for like a year and a half but um it's uh i don't know man it, it worked really well for us i feel like a lot of people were like depressed um yeah. and i think they used that record <laughs> maybe to cope so i feel like I, I had a lot of people tell me it was it was like their like their, their quarantine record you know nice. so it's what it is you know the blood stains on my hands a three-year one-night stand love is there when it's bad lying next to me in bed Yeah, were you guys doing a lot of stuff like on social media trying to like do live streams or you know, on twitch or TikTok or some shit like that yeah no we we did do a live stream thing with um i think it was the plot and you bad omens and and we came as romans and uh yeah i mean you, that was a trickier thing at that point it was like how can we i don't know like still keep ourselves active and like stay like relevant in a time where like you can't 
advertised touring and we had mm-hmm. just dropped the record. So it wasn't like we, you know, you can't really push much of a record once it's out. And then, uh, but then we were also lucky because I, I had a, I have a side project with Mike and we were really knee deep in, uh, working on, on that release it, it was for a project called hurt wave. So we were just, uh, I feel like it was like, we put out a bunch of stuff for that project, um, during the pandemic. And again, like, I think because music was just so dead, we had a lot of people yeah. check that out too. So it's, uh, we tried our best, man, but it, it was, it was tough. I, I won't yeah. Lie. Yeah. At what point along the way, did you guys turn your attention to writing new material? Oh, uh, we waited a while, man. It was, uh, I want to say, man, it's funny. Cause I, I have a video of me holding my, my daughter and she's like a really, she must've been only like, must have been only like five or six months old. Uh, and she was at the studio with me and I can hear yes. that we're working on, we were working on the instrumental for neon grave. And I think that was like, I think that was like a year, like a year and three months ago. Mm-hmm. And so we spent like a better, the better part of a year working on, the newest album and i think it's because we were kind of like we just um you're usually on like a two-year cycle typically for albums but we were our label kind of started asking us about it around like a year and a half after sleep talk had come out and we were like we like barely got to do like one tour playing like songs off this album and it's like you don't want to put out we just didn't want to put out rush to put out another album Mm -hmm. and then like not give like the proper attention that that those songs deserve so we uh we kind of held off too and i think i mean people liked that record so much anyways it was like i kind of i think it worked out that way too and i think it it was like people were so they were so like hungry for like new music that when we put out like neon grave and like without me i think people were excited because they we, we made them wait a long time but um yeah it's uh i don't know yeah but i mean yeah so I guess probably like a probably like a year and four months ago was when we started working on new music, but it was also kind of like it was why we did that sleep talk tour too. So we had like a proper like played that album in full and like yeah. now we can like I mean we're still gonna play like a good amount of songs off that album on like the Bad Omens tour, but I think it's like a, a half split where we're doing like like I think like four songs off Sleep Talk and then four songs off our, our new record. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting, man. It's it's cool to, to play new music and hope people don't hate it. You know? Fading fire, I see the sky begin to fall apart. I know you're tired. What was the decision to kind of go in the musical trajectory you had been going? I guess the just evolution from uh, the last record just to be like, yeah, we really like this synthy poppy sound. Like, let's keep diving into that. I don't know, man. I think it's kind of like a, it's like a, if it ain't broken, don't fix it thing. I think we leaned into it a little bit more like like this new like i feel like sleep talk to me still felt like we were trying to be like post hardcore like metal here and there and i feel like on this new album to me it feels more like uh, just like a rock record like even Mm -hmm. the heavier parts they're not like 
they're not like chuggy breakdowns they're more like rock riffing kind of thing so um right you still got a little screaming on there but nothing like crazy not like yeah. <laughs> um, not like lorna shore over there <laughs> like, yeah yeah um i don't know i think um it's not i mean i think like if you like sleep talk you'll probably like the new album but it's also like it just i guess we felt like comfortable that we didn't have to like kind of like keep writing like metal or trying to appease those people because it felt like they were with us if we wanted to be a softer band anyways and so i think we leaned a little bit more into like the 80s style on some tracks mm -hmm. but i mean i guess yeah like you pause sometimes and you're like because i really like like bands like um the midnight um like fm84 it's like these cool like synth wave retro wave and like i feel like i feel it's just funny I, I don't feel like there's a lot of bands in our genre who are like attempting to like really lean into that style but still mm -hmm. be like a rock band like you're either like a synthwave project or you're like a metal band but um so i don't know if we like kind of tapped like into a market that hadn't really been like explored yet but um and i guess we'll see you know how it keeps going on like the next releases because we, we don't want to get like predictable or like monotonous <laughs> but i think um i don't know it just it seemed like people liked that kind of style so much but i i think we went into it knowing like we're not going to try something crazy different here like we feel like pop structured writing works really well for mm -hmm. for our band and we're just going to try and do that um like as best as we can and i feel like we we were just like really mindful of that when we were writing the new record just to try and make sure it's like they're just all good songs that are like catchy have good good hooks good structuring and i i'm i'm proud of how it came out i don't want to lie I think it was kind of just like how it wasn't intentional but we ended up writing like half of the album about my dad after he passed away and it was just sort of like a a big overall i mean you know like like dream state was about like us communicating or me feeling like we were uh when i was like asleep um you know there was just kind of all these different themes um going on in a, a lot of the songs about my dad but i feel like dark sun was a very like encapsulating like phrase i guess for what it felt because i don't know it just it like i mean people have passed away in my life but just um usually like distant relatives or things like that where i'm like damn like that's that's heavy but it wasn't like soul crushing like you know like, yeah yeah you know especially because it's like um i mean you know i don't wish anything poor upon my mother but it is just kind of it's like damn it's like my dad was like my he was like my regular mm -hmm. and then now like my mom is like still alive you know but our our relationship is uh it's not it's not like volatile or anything but like i'm not as close with her as, as i was with my dad so yeah. it's kind of uh it's uh i guess yeah i felt kind of like 
metaphorically, you know, a dark sun is kind of just like, it's like after my dad died, like the sun kind of burned out, you yeah. know, like it's just kind of dark and dreary a lot of the time. And it's, it's not like that constantly. It's, it's very mm -hmm. much like, I think that's why we, we, we ended the record on uh, afterglow about my daughter. Cause it was kind of more of like a, like uh, not uplifting, but it was uh, like more of a positive song yeah. than what we usually do. But I feel like that was important to like, just not end the record on a really, <laughs> a really dark and sad note. Cause, yeah. like, Cause she is like a very, she's a great, like, I don't know. Like, cause she was in the room with us. Even like when my dad was uh, like, my dad was in hospice for like, like three or four days before he passed away like i guess really intense hospice anyways mm -hmm. where he was like fully unconscious and kind of like struggling to breathe and so she was in the room with us and it was i mean obviously very dark it was just like these periods of like just kind of like crying and being really sad and then i would like look over at my daughter and i mean she was like she was like six months at the time so she would just kind of start like smiling or laughing mm -hmm. and it was just very like like she she didn't understand what was going on but it was yeah. a, it was kind of a nice like it was a nice buffer honestly between like a really a really horrible experience like i was i was very grateful like i had um my daughter i don't want to say like my daughter like to lean on but like mm -hmm. it was just like i'm sure you know it's like the role of being a parent is like so uh it's so challenging sometimes, but it's mm -hmm. also just so like rewarding and you don't really love anybody like you love your kid. And so yeah. it was just very like, I was just, yeah, I was really grateful. Cause I think if I didn't have my daughter, it would have been a very, I mean, it's still really difficult to deal with, but I was just, uh, I was just like, it's like hard to stay sad when you're yeah. like love another human being that much. So it was, uh, yeah, I was grateful to have my daughter, but I guess, yeah, we, Dark Sun was kind of, there ended up being like five songs about my dad. So it felt like the album title should have been kind of about, about him and, and how that experience went for us. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad <laughs> passed away in, uh, 2019. So yeah, those Sorry, sort of man. themes like hit super hard and heavy all the time. And yeah. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I know it's, it's tough, dude. It's a bummer, but I would like Afterglow as a closer, like, my favorite track on the record like it's it's phenomenal really, i dude. love it yeah that's that was awesome. my favorite one so yeah thanks man we were kind of uh i didn't know how that one would go over i still don't know how that one's gonna go over yeah. so it was very like the chord structuring is very like majory kind of mm -hmm. happier sounding in the chorus and even like i mean it switches like a like it's, it's like a really subtle kind of key change and it's just it's very like it just is it was not usually like the style we write in yeah um, for like our like just chord like chord structuring and tonally so I, I was worried like people were gonna be like the fuck is this um but now i remember i it's funny i think afterglow was like the neon was like the first song we started writing for the album and then i think afterglow was like the second song like instrumentally anyways so i was like i have these chords it feels like just the sound of the chords like this would be a cool one to write about my daughter but then i didn't end up like it's funny because we, we rewrote afterglow like the verses used to follow basically like the chord structuring of the chorus but then it just got i don't know something about it was kind of boring so we ended up changing the verses and like we like really kind of picked apart and rewrote that song and then uh it ended up being the last song that i wrote for the record and it was uh 
because I was trying to write it when she was like six or seven months old. And then it was interesting because I, I ended up writing it closer to when she was like a year and a half, a couple months ago. Yeah. And then I got, I, I was like, oh, it's probably better that it happened that way because I got to write about like my experience, um, like, like trying to like to be a touring musician and yeah. uh and be away from my kid so it was like it was interesting to like touch on that and write about that but man i'm happy you like that one that's 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 really cool You guys got this tour coming up and i don't know if that takes you through the end of this year and you settle down for the holidays but what's uh the future look like for Dayseeker? yeah um yeah we got that tour with uh bad omens in a couple weeks so that's gonna be um a really a really fun one i think and then uh yeah i'll be home for for christmas thankfully and then uh we have a we have another tour we haven't announced yet uh in march of next year uh, March and April with uh, a really cool band that we've been wanting to play with for a while. So I'm, I'm sure that'll get announced pretty soon here. And I, I can't, I can't say who, um, they are Canadian though. So, um, but we're, we're hitting like a lot of parts of Canada. Like we, we've never been to before. So, um, yeah, just that. And then, um, I don't know, just going to keep pushing this album coming out in a couple of weeks and just, just hope, uh, hope people don't hate it, you know? Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never thought-